Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired. Kairos. Shazanga. And we're back. Shots fired with 16 in the holster. Each of us are bringing the fire. No G this week, but I do have the man of the plan, Chisanga Malata. What's good, people? And my brother from another mother. He's bigger than any other brother. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Kairos Bodley. Are you calling me fat? Or are you calling me like... I went out of my way to do a massive build-up for you because, you know... I wanted to just give you the props, just like Chisanga is giving the props each and every week, and it still wasn't good enough. I just want to know. You didn't answer the question. You just dodged it again. Are you calling me fat or not? (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. You are buff, and uh, you are enough. Thank you. Is that that good enough for you? That's perfect. You are perfect. You're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You know what is awesome? We've got a lot to cover this week. Following this past weekend's uh, UFC action, which saw Marvin Vittori take on um, Jack Hermanson, we were treated to uh, a, a bit of breaking, or I suppose you could call it exclusively breaking news via Dana White. Um, segwaying from um, Yo Romero being removed from the roster as the two, um, well, the UFC and Yo Romero basically agreed to call it quits. Um, we were, uh, well, stunned, bamboozled, well, some people were, by the news that, well, it was announced by Dana White, 60, and I, I just, that number, that number is like massive, 60 athletes would be gone before the year's out. 60 athletes on the UFC's roster. Now, I hope, I really do hope, guys, this has jogged your memory because in the summer, I told you this was coming. I said this was the plan. Considering the financial woes, which must be happening behind the scenes, given Mm. the loss of revenue, this has come as no surprise to me. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I was right. Let's just turn our attention, really, not in a purge type of way, but more of, um, well, in the UK, The Apprentice is a popular show, and basically, uh, each and every week, someone gets fired. But this week, I think, given that you know we are faced with 60 athletes on the chopping block, I thought it only right and proper that we each bring three different athletes who we feel will be on the chopping block. And... Um, I feel we're doing this in a tasteful way, not in a disrespectful way. We are talking about people's livelihoods. We are talking about people's lives. We are talking about basically people's dreams being crushed and rolled up and underlining Dana White's point that this is an opportunity, it's not a career. But I'm going to start the ball rolling with the first person I feel that should be, um, well, given their P45. And that'll be one Donald Cerrone. The last outing we saw between um, Cerrone and Price. Price was actually de- uh, deducted one point in the round for repeated eye pokes. Now that actually resulted in a majority draw for that bout. But also it was subsequently overturned because Price tested like, positive for marijuana. Likes the Mary Jane. Indeed. Now, the fact is, Cerrone has actually lost four, count them, four on the bounce. He lost to Pettis, lost to McGregor, lost to Gaethje, lost to Ferguson. So my first casualty, I would say, my first person who I put forward for a P45, that would be Donald Cerrone. Now, next up would be Mike Perry. He lost three of his last four. 
dropping losses to Means, Neil, Luke. Now, also, when you actually roll this up um, and couple it with the fact that outside of the octagon, he is a bit of an eyesore. He's a reputational risk for the UFC too. That's why I've actually um, put him top of the list. Now, finally, just to keep things... Um, how can I put it? Fair, prim and proper. I've chosen the Brit. I've chosen the Welshman, Jack Marshman, because out of eight fights since joining the organisation, he has won three and lost five. The five losses being to Santos, Carlos Jr., Robertson, Shabazian, Strickland. Now, he also takes incredible punishment um, in ring and in cage, sorry. And um, he's more often than not a sight for sore eyes because of the battering. And it's commendable, the amount of punishment he takes, but the battering that his face um, actually suffers. Now, those are the three that I'm going to put forward. I would like to, you know, open the floor up to, first of all, Kairos. But before I go any further... Am I being out of order here? Are there any redeeming factors? Are there any last-minute reprieves that either of you gentlemen can actually put forward to say, nope, 11th hour reprieve for X athlete Or are we uh, going to go on to um, hear what Kairos has to say? I, I, I don't really have any... I don't take umbrage with any of your, your, your picks there. Mm. I'm... I'm a big fan of uh, Jack Marshman, obviously from his uh, days fighting in Bama over here. I mean, but as as you say, the record the record speaks for it, speaks for itself. But if you look, if you reel off uh, again, who he's lost to, he's lost to Shabazian, he's lost to Sean Strickland. I know Strickland was coming off a long layup, but he mm. he looked very very good. Um, Tiago Santos, there's no shame in that, and Carl Robertson, there's no shame in, in in that loss as well. But unfortunately, like the optics of it, it just doesn't look good, and he's probably one of the ones that I'm uh, this side of the pond that I'm worried for that will probably receive their their P45 before Christmas. And when it comes to Donald Cerrone, I, I'm I'm kind of torn because in the Anthony Pettis fight, that was a good performance, and I don't think Pettis won that fight, but. He has these ups and downs. Like, uh, obviously, he got he, he got. Um, I was going to say smoked by Conor, but that's a tad disrespectful to somebody who's helped put the sport on the map. But he mm. he lost. He got beaten handily by by Conor. Turned in a good performance against Pettis, but then again against uh, Nico Price, like it, it it wasn't a good performance for him. But I don't think he's going to get cut. I don't think he'll be one of the fighters to get released. I think the UFC will give him one more fight. One more fight in front of in front of a crowd, and they'll let him go. Wow, you're you're very generous in thinking that a man who has amassed so many losses, a man who is has long been considered the gatekeeper, a man who, when you think about it, in terms of how much he's costing the UFC, I can imagine that he's not cheap. But still, you want to keep him on the roster. That's interesting. Well, That's no, interesting. I'm not saying for, not not saying for the long term. I think mm. it'll be okay. Like you've you've done a lot for the you've been, you've been a company man for a long time blah 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 you've still still some name value to you we'll give you one more fight and that's going to be it then we'll terminate you if you know what I mean that's what I think will be I think they'll come to a mutual agreement interesting interesting Kairos any issues with my uh, three for the chopping block before we uh, segue into your three. Well, in a world where the UFC is all fair and like everybody has the same standards and we go by a criteria, you're not wrong at all. But because the mm. UFC is like consistently inconsistent, Cowboy's not going to go anywhere. The same way as how Carlos Condit can lose fights for like five straight years and not go anywhere. The same way Robbie Lawler can lose fights for like five straight years and not go anywhere. So like mm. because the UFC is unfair about that sort of thing, that's why I'm like saying I don't necessarily see Cowboy going anywhere. I'm not saying that he doesn't see- deserve to be though. What you said there has a common theme in what um, Chisanga just said, and that is in terms of um, closeness to the promotion, and that is in particular Dana White. But do you think now this is going to be considered as business and the uh, personal aspect of this is going to be taken out, considering that we are looking at um, well highly paid athletes, considering we are talking about 
you know, parity here. There, there has to be parity, especially where 60 souls will actually have their livelihoods taken away from them. Yeah. Questions will be asked about parity. Do you really think that, oh, my old mate, I've got to consider his wishes and the fact that we are friends factors into this? I think for Cowboy and a few other fighters in his class, they're going to make the exception for them because there's a lot more fighters that deserve to be cut more so than them, to be honest. Like, you look back mm. and look at his track record. The guy is filled in on short notice fights and taking fights when the... Like, the guy at one point took, like, three fights within, like, a month span. Like, and he saved events. I don't think the UFC necessarily is going to go that evil with it. I know, like, we oftentimes try and demonize the company, but I feel like yeah. even them, there are certain lines they won't even cross. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreeance. But Mike, I, I had to withhold a laugh there because the way that you said business, it sounded like the video where the guy comes in. <laughs> and, well, at the end of the video, I'll say the, the, the overriding quote of the video. If you man do it first, I'll do it. You know the video. <laughs> but <laughs> you know the way the way the guy comes in the, the first and says it's just business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, that's how... my favorite video. I often use it on the timeline. If you man uh, do it first, I'll do it. Oh, uh, you need to send that to Kairos. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, so he sees it. Yeah, definitely. I agree with Kairos. I think that there'll be certain fighters who do get a pass, mm. and I think I think Cowboy is going to be. Cowboy will definitely be one of them. But you know what? I well, I, I know we haven't chopped up about Yo Romero's uh, release from the UFC, but I, I was shocked. I Like, he still has name value. Obviously, he's lost how many of his last three of, three of his last four? Have, has he? Or, or four of his last five, definitely. I thought it was four of his last five. That four of lost. his last five. But mm. there's no shame in losing to Adesanya. There's no shame in losing to Costa. There's no shame in losing to Whitaker. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so, but... Then again, like I, w- I was about to say, sorry, I was about to say that uh, the UFC's uh, loss is Bellator it's gain, but even that ain't, ain't gonna, gonna happen. happen. But mm. that's a, uh, I'm digressing, so I'll let Kairos give his three picks of fighters who should be relieved of their duties. Okay. Um, the thing about my list is I'm basing it mm. off of the criteria, not necessarily based off of what they've done for the sport. I know I said that earlier, mm-hmm. and like, but on the off chance that they don't respect that sort of thing, these people are definitely going to be gone. I think Hannah Cyphers is out of here just because she's lost, I believe, like three or four of her last straight. And I know she yeah. built in on short notice. She took so many short notice fights and has helped the UFC out when people needed opponents. And she needs to be like compensated for that. And they need to look and have that sort of context with but i don't think they're going to have it with her i don't think she has the name value or has been along long enough to garner that sort of respect from the company so i think she's gone Mm. um yeah i think that uh who was the other person i was thinking of you know i was gonna throw robbie in there but there is no way in hell they're gonna let that man go i don't think they're gonna i think they're gonna let him retire underneath the banner so i'm gonna take robbie off of that one person that might be a surprise might be Clay Guida. I think Clay Guida might be out of here. You son of a bitch. I'm, you stole the Oh, I stole my, yours? Oh, shoot. Yeah. My fault. No, great minds think alike, though. That's that's one of my one of my three. But, nah, I agree with you. Carry on. Yeah, I just felt like it's been a minute from. I don't know how much he gets for a show, but it can't be cheap because of how long he's been around. One of his fights is in the Hall of Fame, for goodness sakes. Like, I'm pretty sure he's not cheap. And lastly, um... I'm going to go Ronda Marcos. It's It's been a long time coming. Like, she's mm-hmm. she's lost a lot. And ev- everyone's going to be like, Kyros, why are you naming two women? You sexist, misogynistic <laughs> bitch. You don't like it. It's like, I watch a lot of women's mixed martial arts. So I can rattle off these names very quickly. And I like, and I know records because I watch it so much. So that's why those are the first ones that came up to me. But, yeah, Ronda hasn't been able to consistently win two in a row in, like, I think, five straight years like it's always she wins one loses one wins one loses one and um i think it's 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 about that time i I have no only go mike sorry i i think that the name value and the brand recognition especially when you mention clay guida and um, robbie lawler you're barking up the right tree i tell you why Dana White was really, really clear when he made that announcement on Saturday or this past weekend. The names that are coming will shock you. The names that will be mentioned, the names that you will see, there will be surprises in there. Because based on past performance and the way in which the UFC, you know, do favour the bigger names, do 
actually, you know, put more stock by what they bring, um, I, I do feel has factored into their, well, the decisive way in which they keep some people and uh, let others go. And that's why I think you're definitely in the right direction when you mention those. And particularly the fact that I, I can guarantee that they aren't cheap. This, regardless of what the UFC say, is part of a cost-cutting exercise. It would be madness to say anything else, considering that companies across the board are suffering financially. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're completely right. And one thing we have to factor in as well, and this was admirable, admirable from uh, the promotion, they didn't lay any of their employees off during this time. They didn't lay any of them off. So uh, they, they probably put them on some sort of pay cut. I, I, I assume so. But yeah, so that in turn has led to these cuts, that I, I, I believe. I, I, the, the admirable thing that Dana White did for his employees has led to his other employees, the fighting employees, to... Um, to have their careers on the line. If they were on furlough, the UFC staff, they would have taken a pay cut. You remember, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, when we received um, furlough in the UK, we had, well, I certainly had, um, in my day job, 80% of my salary. Yeah, same here. Yeah, That's a pay cut. That's a big pay cut. It's a big pay cut. But... Mm. Again, kudos to them for not for not sacking any of their uh, any of their Employees. staff. But, yeah, but obviously, it's uh, the chickens have come home to roost for the fires in in in, in this instance. All right, since uh, since Kyrus already stole Clay Guida from me, I will <laughs> I'll uh, name drop the two other fighters who I think should be uh, should be on their way. And this one might shock people. Um, mm. He was a prospect. He's involved in a prospect versus prospect fight, I believe, in twenty twenty. Yeah, in twenty sixteen, uh, bantamweight, who what? a lot of us thought was going to uh, championship material. No, uh, don't you dare, Thomas Almeida. No, no, I was Thomas about Almeida. to say no, Thomas Almeida, man. I think he's going to wow. be one of the ones that that gets the chop. Like, he's... I, I want to hear the rationale behind this, but I'm sitting down. Go on. <laughs> You're sitting down. Okay, so obviously he lost to Cody Garbrandt in yeah 20, 2016. I was right, and then he bounced back with that win over Albert Morales. But he's gone three and zero now. Three and zero in the promotion. He lost to Jimmy Rubera, Rob Front, and Jonathan Martinez. And if what Sugar Sean O'Malley is saying is true, he's also turned down a fight at UFC two fifty eight. So he could be one of the ones uh, uh, that is giving their marching orders soon. And mm. I don't, I, I can't think off the top of my head if he's, well, he, with three straight losses, he, he's not, he's surely not in the top 15 anyway. Yeah, he's not in the top 15. So, like, I think he's, his, his career is well and truly on the line. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's, I, I shock, and I shock a lot of people with my, my takes, but I think, I wouldn't necessarily say he deserves to be cut because I'm sure he, he was on the sidelines for a considerable amount of time with injury, I do believe. Uh, and, since beating Albert Morales, he's only fought. He's only fought three times in the last three years. So, like October twenty eight twenty, and then twenty eighteen, and then July twenty seventeen. I do remember. I think that was on the Weidman Gaslam card. So, I was going to take issue with that, but you've defended it robustly. There's not. There's nothing I can come back with. <laughs> that is hey. very, very, very well thought out. I think we're Man. all Thomas Thomas Almeida fans, right? Like we're, we're like yeah. we're fans of his style, and mm. but it's just a it's, it's just the same. Like remember that flying knee he knocked out Brad Pickett with at UFC yes. one eighty nine? Yeah, yeah. Like and I think that's why they're not going to cut him because of his style. Because of his style, it's either he's KOing yeah. you or it's going to be a bloodbath and he's getting KO'd. Like that's the one thing. Yeah. That's the one intangible where the UFC is like, ah, eh, we'll let it slide for a little bit. Because it's like, all right, it's always exciting. Versus, like, remember with Jake, that's one thing. I always talk about Jake Ellenberger needing to be cut like three to five years ago. But luckily, he got a win against Matt Brown. Because it's either Jake's mm. going to finish you or you're going to finish him. And that's how. That's why they kept him around. No, that's 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 very true. That's I've, I, I didn't think of it that way with, with Jake Ellenberger. But you're right. It's, it's like you say, it's like the juggernaut. It's I take you out or you're stopping me. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And, okay. Okay. This is a, this this is a fighter in the Diego. Motherfucker, I ruined it. I was about to say, <laughs> motherfucker, I ruined it. I was about to say, this is a fighter in the Clay Guida era, 
And I was going to say, of course, he had that fight of the year with Clay uh, many moons ago. Yes, it's, I think it's time for Diego Sanchez to to be given his uh, marching Thanks orders like. as well. Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent is time for Diego. I mean, he lost to Jake Matthews at UFC 253. We can all <clears throat> remember the flying knee attempt at the final round. Nick- um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know he beat Michel Pereira, but really that's not a win. That was no. a disqualification. Yeah. And then, and if you factor that in as well, then previously he lost to Michael Chiesa. So really that's, that's three losses in a row, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And so, and not, not even like, okay, so obviously Diego Sanchez, he's, he's the only one still going from tough, tough one. He's, he, like, a, like him or find him weird or whatever, he is a legend of this sport. He's, he is a pioneer to, to a certain extent. But worryingly over the years, we've just seen, I don't want to necessarily say his mental state deteriorate, but he's just, he's something something's changed upstairs for him he's not the same person he's he's not as lucid and he, i know he's always been eccentric and weird and who who can't love remember the yes cartwheels that he used to do yeah like he used to yeah like that, that 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 was endearing but it just seems to me that uh, that that there's serious um uh, serious early signs of cte that i i think that's that's prevalent and i think the promotion should well ultimately do him a solid by turn like turning turning down not turning down fights obviously by no longer providing him with fights you see it's interesting that again you know just drawing together themes there is a theme within um you know some of the fighters that we have actually drawn up and that's age and that's one thing that Dana has made clear because he mm-hmm. referred to Yoel Romero's age when he was talking about one of the reasons why he got cut. So I think it's how much they cost us, how aged they are, and essentially, do they really bring value in terms of, are they people who bring eyes to our product? Yeah. No, that, that, that's, that's another thing. Yeah, you've got, you've got to factor in. Because if you're, a, say, say, for instance, Okay, say for instance, Darren Till went on like a three or four fight losing streak. Mm. You know full well the UFC would give him another shot. They're not yep. gonna. They're not gonna cut Darren Till. Hundred percent. He's he's their well. He's their golden goose, really. In in the in in Europe, one could argue, other than Conor McGregor and yeah. Khabib Nurmagomedov. They see him as the next the next English champion, and <clears throat> I think they see shades of. Uh, with his fan base as well, shades of the Ricky Hatton fan base. Mike, you mm. remember when Ricky Hatton got used to go fight in America? Massive They're, following. Like, probably the 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 majority of well, eighteen to maybe four year old men in the Greater Manchester region would fly over to to uh, Las Vegas to watch him fight, and that's the type of fan base that they see with uh, with this with the Scouts fan base with with Darren Till. But going back to my point, obviously Darren Till, he's. He's marketing himself very well for his brashness and his no-nonsense uh, social media posts as, as well. And he's a big name. Mm. He's, he's a big name in this market. So he's somebody who wouldn't get cut. And I, I also actually, going back to um, it's throwing it back in terms of uh, British fighters on a losing streak. The UFC, remember when Dan Hardy went on, was it a four-fight losing four fight, streak? That's four right. Four-fight yes. losing streak, yeah. Yes. And they, they, they didn't cut, didn't cut him. St- still on the roster, still mm. technically on the roster. Because, mm. yeah, so, because I know he's not, re- I don't know if he's re- technically retired or whatever. But, but yeah, that, that attests to my point. He was one of the biggest names in the in the European market. They weren't just going to get rid of him. Nah. So. He, he was very, very well in with the Petitas as well. They loved him. He was he was their golden child. I mean, plus, you know, Dana had a soft spot for him too. You know, just, just segueing slightly away from, you know, the older heads, but just sticking with the same subject. Mm-hmm. I think we're in this situation now because... What we've seen with Dana White's um, contender series is an influx of new talent and it's an influx of cheaper talent. So when you think about it, they seem to have been doing spectacularly well considering how they've been matched up. When you look across the board of how well the um, Dana White contender series um, newbies have done, it's kind of like tested the theory that 
Will the new crop, first of all, um, fare well against the older seasoned vets? But also, this is entertainment that we can actually get in people's homes for little or next to nothing, consider, or considering when you compare costs in terms of the older heads and the older brigade and the veterans. So it, it makes a lot of sense what's actually going on now. What we're seeing here, I feel, is a changing of the guard. No, I completely agree with you in, in that sense. And like key word is you that you mentioned there, like cheaper talent. Mm. So, I mean, they'll, they'll only really, really have to bump up their pay if they start getting like crazy viral kados and become more popular on social media and, you think? and stuff like that. Yeah, Look at the guy who, uh, his name escapes me just for a second. J Jordan Levitt. Jordan Levitt. Sorry, yeah. not Jordan Levitt. Um, Mr. Taekwondo kick, switch kick to the uh, back. What's his what's name his again? Name? Uh, Mansa, this uh, new Mansa. Uh, Joaquin Buckley. Uh, Joaquin, Joaquin Buckley. Buckley, yeah. Man's still working at Best Buy's. Or the I equivalent know. of Best Buy's. But now, that's why I said you need a series of highly right? You would have thought one would have set him up for life, the amount that they're milking his viral KO. In I terms just wonder of, how much revenue they've made off that KO. Well, there you go. They gave him now, a $50,000 bonus, so they at least made $5 million off of him. At least. That's literally how... I'm telling you, that's how it goes That is people. a liberty. Bro, I promise. My pro Look at Sean O'Malley, when they put his merchandise in there, his stuff sold out overnight. And they were selling his shirts and stuff for like 60 to 100 bucks. And you know how, how yeah. much they said... He said that he got paid. He said he got paid like $1,000 for that. For Ridiculous. all of those. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. If they make $5 million, you get 50000 Maybe five thousand. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's very true. And remember when Sean put out his own uh, clothing yep. brand and it just sold out instantly. So, and he's what getting fifty percent of that? Do you, well, you you would say maybe fifty percent. I I I'm don't know sure. what the, but he's getting a, he's getting a fair chunk of change in comparison to what he was getting from the Reebok deal. Mm. Yeah, fuck the wow. Reebok, motherfucker. Well. <laughs> Well, they're they're gone, Karis. They'll be they'll soon be a thing of the past. In April, right, is the uh, changeover? I believe. I think so. I thought it was another year. I don't know. I thought it was 2022. I didn't know it was 21. Uh, may, maybe it's no. 2022. I don't know. I, I I thought it was next year. Why? why have yeah, I, got I think that it in is next head? year. Yeah, it is. I'm pr I'm pretty sure mm. it is next year. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I could be wrong. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Karis, you're up. What are you bring to the table this week? Okay, we were just. This is perfect, perfect segue. We were just talking about Sean O'Malley selling mm. himself, doing merchandise, doing stuff like that. Sean, for what he has accomplished in the UFC, has reached astronomical heights. He, the guy only has, what, three fights, maybe four fights? He had a fight against Sokomov. He had a fight against... Um, mm. Yeah, he has like four fights, but yet the guy has a million fo followers on Instagram, has like hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube. He's all over the internet with social media. He has like his hand in every single which way. And then... You look at female fighters as well. Sometimes they'll use like their personality and their brand to represent themselves. Sometimes people use their body. Sometimes people use whatever means that they do it. It's a lot more popular with women who use everything at their disposal, everything at their disposal to reach certain heights. And you see people always like criticize them for it. Like I'll give you an example. With Rachel Asovich being cut, everyone's like, all right, start the OnlyFans. Start da 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 And you look at her social media and she has massive numbers. But then you look at a male yeah. fighter who refuses to do interviews, who refuses to have promos made of him, who refuses to go out and do all these things. And they're like, what do I got to do to get some respect on me? The, the question is, what aren't you doing? And it's selling yourself. I'll give yeah. you another scenario. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you guys know I love like video work and that sort of thing. So at, during this whole entire off time, besides refining my skills and like perfecting certain things, I've been sending out DMs to people. And I've been fortunate enough to be allowed to like do certain things for certain people. But I'm going to tell you this, of the of the percentage of people that I'm doing video work for that are in the MMA community, 100% of them are women right now. 100% of every single DM wow. I've sent to a dude, nope, 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 no response. Sometimes response, sometimes, but it all circles back to no. The women are out there straight up grinding with it. Like, yeah, let's do this promo. Yeah, come up to the gym. Yeah, da 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 And I'm like, okay, shoot, let's go. Let's do it. I'm gonna make sure I mm. make you look great because it's gonna be reflection on my ability too. When are fighters, when are people in this organ, in, just not just the UFC, but other organizations. Because I wasn't just going after UFC people. I was going after people mm -hmm. in TKO. I was going after people, and I was I wasn't trying to be picky. I just work is work for me. 
when are mixed martial artists gonna get the come to the realization that you have to sell yourself on multiple different platforms multiple different networks and in multiple different ways other than just fighting in the cage yeah yeah I, i've I'll, I'll 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 go first uh i th i think i think the reason why a lot of a lot of female fighters are more are more savvy when it when it comes to selling themselves uh on on, on social media or, or or other platforms is the recognition the reckon like because like like it or not there's still there's still this uh what's the word that i'm i'm looking for to 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 the general public if i think women's mixed martial arts is still somewhat frowned upon and then i think in turn sponsors are less likely to to uh, to uh to team up with these fighters and and what have you and i think that these uh these fighters on the, on the ufc roster and whatever roster know that they have to they have to grind and hustle twice as hard as their male counterparts to get recognition and to get these sponsorships and, and what have you. So I think that's one reason why in, in, in particular that you, all your, uh, all your acceptances have, have been from female fighters and, and not male fighters. So yeah, that's, that's, that's one point. Let me, let me percolate the rest while I listen to the dulcet tones of Mr. Mike Morgan. <laughs> Perfect segue there. Carlos It's funny. Well, actually it's quite sad because here we are in 2020, but a lot of the feedback, a lot of the kind of response that you're getting from fighters, I used to get from fighters when I started 11 years ago. And I put it down to two things. One, a lot of fighters are awkward. A lot of people um, who fight in the octagon or fight in the cage are, you know, I, I don't know really how to put this, but I'll just call it as I see it, socially awkward. Yeah. Doing things in front of the camera um not in a pre-arranged or staged way but just having a camera following them they do feel really awkward the amount of time that um i spent with fighters over the last 11 years because i started out just as you're doing now mini documentaries behind the scenes actually following fighters up close and personal and the amount of time that i had to kind of reassure fighters no it's okay first of all you'll get a chance to have a look at the finished product the reply always came back look i just don't feel comfortable doing this type of thing now inevitably they do it but they'd need their arm twisted they'd need coaxing into it they'd need warming up to it whereas when i approached female fighters there was never that there was never that kind of reluctance there was always the um kind of like this is a way of showcasing not only mixed martial arts but you know women's impassioned uh, views within mixed martial arts as well so it it's just pretty sad that a, a lot of what you're going through now as i say is kind of like been repeated in terms of my experience like 11 years ago yeah it is it yeah. kind of reminds me of um here this is an odd scenario but i have to say because it's perfect like uh, you look at the adult film industry, you have all these people who say, I could do that, I could be on television, I could be on the computer having sex in front of the camera. And then you go and hear a lot of these interviews with different performers and they're talking about, yeah, certain so-and-so couldn't get it up, blah, blah, blah. They don't say the names or they just say it's it's more difficult than what people look. <laughs> it's performance anxiety. Yeah. And I realized that. Yeah. Because, like, of course, I'm a student of the game. Listen, I'm not just going to sit here and just look at, like, sports stuff. I want to look at everything. And so... Like, that's one thing that I try and, like, make sure I do. I try to make people feel comfortable. Like, when they're in front of the camera, like, oh, yeah, that was great. Da, 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 da. Yeah, keep doing it. Like, I try and do certain things like that. But for, like, there's people who are reluctant to do it and, like, need their arm twisted. And there's just certain people who are just like, Red, fuck this DM. I ain't going to do this. Da, 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 da. I, I'm going to let my fighting yeah. speak for me. It's like, listen, this mm. isn't 1993. You cannot do yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. you like you have to get with the times nowadays like you, you you just have to look at like you you raised the the example of sugar sean o'malley sean o'malley is i don't how old is he is he 24 he's yeah he's or, in that age yeah he, you're not wrong yeah so like he's 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 one of these uh he's, he's is he no he's not he's a is he a generation z or i think he might just be the end of millennial i don't know that shit but anyway he's he's aware of what are what are big platforms what platforms are big and is aware of how, how 
they can potentially take his career further. Look at his YouTube channel, as you say, he regularly produces content. And then that content is also being shared into people who aren't mixed martial arts fans. Say they're boxing fans and they just come up on the suggested page and like, oh, who's this guy? I click on it or whatever. These things have a, 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 they have a trickle down effect. They have a trickle down effect and it then subsequently increases fighters presence elsewhere. And then, as I said, increases sponsorship opportunities and, and, and a myriad of, of other things. Fighters just have to get with the times. And another thing that they have to do as well, they also have to invest in themselves. Like a lot, it's, well, that's just a thing for, for, for anybody. It's like, say like yourself, for instance, Kairos, you bought an expensive ass camera, but you know for a fact that the, the quality of your videos is going to be good for it. So you, like, you're not going to be filming on some rickety-ass iPhone. Although some iPhones do do good, yeah. good, uh, exceptional. good videos. Yep. Yeah. Exception, exceptional videos. But Kairos hustle for the camera that he needs. Mm. And you've seen some of the quality of the work that he's produced. So. It's broadcast. Broadcast yeah. quality. Exactly. Fighters need to, to take note and transfer that mantra into their own personal life and social media or what other avenues. I was expecting you guys to go against me with this one, but um, that's unfortunate. <laughs> well, hold on, let me put a counterpoint. <laughs> hold on, let's do a counterpoint. Though. All right, what, are, okay. what would be the cons of this, though? The cons of this would be you put yourself out there for people to see, and maybe they don't like mm. what they see, and then maybe it does more damage to your career than it probably would have done good. So I guess a mm. scenario of that would be, I'll give you an example. Donald Cerrone was was doing a lot of video work at the beginning of his career. He was in front of the camera a lot, whether it was him streaming, talking to Rampage, whether it was people like just speaking to him. And there's a lot of stuff that's coming back from the past, the things he said, of things he did, and of things of people reporting on what he did. That's hurting, a, well, I'm not gonna say everyone's outlook on it, but the people who are aware of it, it hurts people's perception of him a little bit. So I guess like maybe some fighters are afraid of that. Are you talking about like him casually using the n-word before yeah and then him doing the alleged thing yeah. that uh arrow hawaii deleted that episode about i'm not gonna say it yeah and then i think uh who was it the call it was uh it was aljermaine sterling that called him, uh, called him out on it do you remember yep. oh yeah. yeah yeah it was it was i'm you know what i was surprised is that none of that stuff came to light during uh the build-up to the conor mcgregor fight because if there was ever a time to for for websites to to capitalize on not not even clickbait like this is factual stuff like for <laughs> if it was ever if it, but do you know what i mean if there was ever a time to do it you would do it then when donald Cerrone's being googled the most he's ever been googled in his entire career do you know what i mean but yeah well i've it wasn't necessarily relevant maybe if conor mcgregor was black or whatever then it would have more relevance but Anyway, mm, I just think they didn't care. I just felt like they were just like, ah, oh, you know, you you mean to tell me Connor ain't said the n word in his life either? Like it's like, all right, come on, everybody, we know we know people are saying it, so that's probably why they just didn't go down that path. Perhaps, perhaps, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, do you, do you not remember? Well, do you not remember that um, there was this whole like, Mike? You, maybe, maybe you saw over here. There was this hoo ha. Um, after the first UFC, well, the first and only UFC 196 press conference, uh, because people thought that McGregor called Rafael Desanos the S word, the S P. Oh, um, I yeah, people yeah, there, there was like some people thought that he that he'd said that because yeah, I think uh, Desanos said something about respect, and then the way Conor responded to him, it, it, it sounded like well, it sounded to some people like he'd said that, so. Yeah, um, but that didn't get any major traction for for some reason. It was only it was only a few a few prominent people that I saw tweet tweet it here. Like there was this uh, really big football uh, soccer journalist for you, Kairos, uh, Miguel Delaney, who tweeted about it. And he because he's uh, he's Irish and he's half uh, he's half Spanish, I believe. Oh, okay. or, uh, yeah. So he was like he he's probably somebody who's had that slur hurl at him during during his lifetime and he's like i was I, he said it he's like adamant he said it but like if you if you, if you google it like people people say it but it's inconclusive for me mm. <laughs> wow anyway as, we've di digressed fucking yeah just as, as yeah. you do have the mic uh you're gonna end things off all right guys so this weekend there's 
ton of good fights on UFC 256. The main event I'm really looking forward to, but the people's main event is the return of the boogeyman. The man who hides under your bed and comes out and scares you at night. The one and the only Tony Ferguson who will be taking on Charles Oliveira. And we'll get onto Oliveira in a, in, in a short bit because obviously he's on a, I believe, seven fight win streak. And if he wins, hell of a bit of a big argument for him to get a title shot. But anyway, I'm kind of concerned about Tony Ferguson's well being going into this fight. It was only in May when he had that grueling well, near five-round war, because obviously the fight got stopped before the culmination of the fifth round with Justin Gaethje. And Tony Ferguson took an ungodly amount of punishment in that fight. The the type of punishment that alters careers and alters lives. And as excited as I am for, for this matchup and to see Tony getting back in the octagon and getting another payday during these uncertain pandemic times, I can't help but feel concerned about his safety going into this fight, considering the punishment he took from Justin Gaethje. I'm going to go on out on a limb and say that I don't think he should be fighting this weekend, considering how close the the fight with Justin Gaethje was. That was, of course, at UFC 249 in May. Am I being a bit overprotective of Tony, or am I being a bit crazy in thinking that he's fighting too soon? Because, and I know people are going to say, well, this example... That you kind of this apple to oranges to this uh, this example I'm going to bring up even though it's similar because I'm I kind of have the same feeling that I had when it got announced that Michael Bisping was going to be fighting Kelvin Gastelum yep. I believe on seventeen days notice after uh, UFC two seventeen or is at least two or three weeks but but anyway I had major major concerns and I voiced those concerns and a lot of people are like oh well why he didn't take that much punishment or what what have you. But people forget that the left hand that Bisping sat, got sat down by from George St. Pierre, that was a concussive shot that he hit him with, that left hook. The fadeaway left hook after faking the takedown. And I still... So I bring up that comparison because I believe that Tony Ferguson will still have some residual damage from the... Well, let's call it, call it what it is, from the beating that he took at the hands of Justin Gaethje. Am I am, am I crazy in thinking this, or are my concerns well-placed? And I'm going to go to Mike first for this. Okay. You are crazy, because you know that this, <laughs> oh is, uh, this is an opportunity and not a career. The fact is, if there were any sort of care or whether there was any due attention to fighters' needs and their safety and even their well-being, we wouldn't be seeing the wonderful event that it is, but Figueredo versus Moreno. Just remember that it's not like long gone in the rearview mirror that these two guys were in the cage. Not only that, we've seen and we've heard, and Tony Ferguson has actually alluded to this, he does actually have mental health issues. If there were any due care, if there was any due attention that should have been paid, it would be long before this actual matchup. It should have been in the matchup before that. But still, we soldier on. We are in the fight business. The way that we need to toughen ourselves up is that we need to be looking at this for what it is. This is two combatants going in the cage and trying to make the other person unconscious, either through choking them out or through a solid blow either to the torso or the head. Let's just not make any bones about what we're watching here. So, now, nah, I think you need to man up. I think you need to stop being a pussy oh my and just oh accept my facts as they are. Okay, oh okay. My you, <laughs> Michael Yamasaki Morgan here trying to <laughs> give us you. ethics about fighter life. Are we serious? <laughs> You know who's also in a peculiar situation right now? Dustin Poirier, too. It's about the same allotted time from his Dan Hooker fight. He won that fight, Thank but you. he lost that fight. He took way too much damage. The same as how Tony took way too much damage in his fight. Yep. Now, I don't know if Oliveira is going to put it on him like that so that we just we realize that he took too much damage. We'll see. But I'm just telling you, they both took way too much damage. And I'm not here to say, mm -hmm. oh, well, it's just the damage from that fight that was so long. You guys, they entered training camp for these fights, too. Eventually, they're going to start full on sparring with people because that's what they have to do. They have to accustom their body to the trauma that they're going to face as well. You got to get reaccustomed to people going full tilt on you. So it's like, okay, he took that damage. Then he entered a training camp. 
six for a fight six months in the future and then he's starting to build accumulate more damn like these people are in a fuck dude michael no no michael no <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. no he's trying to kill tony <laughs> <laughs> that should be the name of this podcast. He's trying to kill Tony. <laughs> no, now, we're Mike. gonna go with the purge for this one. I mean, speaking <laughs> of the purge, that's why it's either put up or shut up. This is the UFC, the ultimate fighting championship, the ultimate proving ground. We're not in the pussy business here. We're not into the stroking egos here. You're either in this to win this or mm. you ain't. It's that simple. No, I get I get what you're saying, but at the same time, it <laughs> It's obviously the UFC machine has to keep on turn. The wheel mm-hmm. has to keep on turning, and and what have you. But you'd like to think that they'd have. I I, I don't want to say that they don't have any care for their fighters because obviously, obviously they do, and they've they've shown that in the past. But you'd like to think that they would be hesitant to to offer somebody who took a considerable amount of damage like that a fight so soon afterwards. So. It's 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 concerning for me. As as I said, I'm I, I am concerned. Don't get me wrong. Will my heart be racing when Tony Ferguson and Charles Oliveira are about to throw down? Hell yeah it is, but I'm still gonna have that lingering concern in the back of my mind. And it is the it, mm. it's not just the put up or shut up. It, they have been protect they protect people. There's a reason why Connor's last two fights or his this past fight and this fight are against Donald Cerrone and Dustin Poirier. There's a reason why they're doing it. There's a reason why certain people aren't fighting certain people at the right time. We aren't gonna sit here and say, no, the UFC just lets the cards fall as they may. That's not true at all. They protect people. Certain people get certain fights that they shouldn't be getting at the right time that benefit their career in the long term, and they throw every else out outside to freeze the fucking death so as far as us saying everybody has to earn their keep that was all good and dandy and it's nice to believe but that's not always the case and for this tony should have sat down and politicked his way he should have taken a less challenging opponent he should have pushed the return back date back further and i know we're talking about figueredo too but figueredo didn't take that much damage in his fight either that fight was like Thank one you. round Thank you. he took like 12 <laughs> punches and like a leg kick and that was it like come on are you telling me that at his big old age, at Ferguson's big age, that he can't think for himself, make decisions for himself? That's exactly what I'm saying. No, career? I am saying that. Yes. Yes, I'm saying you that. You are? We got to stop thinking. So you're, you're, you're saying that these fighters need pampering. You're saying that they should be wearing protective gear in going into the cage. We should be wrapping them up in bubble wrap. Is that it? Is that what's next? Yes to the first half, no to the protective gear half. We can't act like just because Tony Ferguson is 34, 36, whatever age he is, we gotta stop assuming that that this man can think for himself and does what's best. This is the same guy who grabbed his naked kid, ran outside barefoot, and started hopping over the fences in the pouring rain when his wife told him to stop. This guy isn't thinking clearly 24-7. This guy is like, granted, granted, He's older, but that doesn't necessarily mean he should be choosing his entire life goal direction with his career and his mental health and his physical health. Sometimes people need to step in and say no. Sometimes someone needs to step in and just say, listen, we aren't going to let you fight after just getting knocked out and your lips sawed open by Yair's Rosenstreich, even though you're Reem and you've been around for decades. You got to stop letting people do that. We got to stop saying, oh, great. You just got knocked out dead in 13 seconds by Connor. Maybe we don't let you fight at UFC 200. So I don't know the time period between that, but that different scenario, different scenario. But we got to stop letting people come back so soon and stop assuming that just because they're a certain age or they have a certain career or they make certain amounts of money or they've done certain things for the sport, that they are just entitled to not challenging their decisions. Whoa, 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 whoa. We need then to have some consistency with what we are actually watching week in, week out. We sat here at the start of this pandemic and we said, what is the UFC doing? We softened our stance. We actually allowed this to happen. We have been championing the fact that the UFC are giving us entertainment week in, week out. But now, now we're saying that we should be considering Ferguson. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Ferguson's well-being in the midst of a pandemic when week in, week out, that fighters are testing positive, regardless of whether they're in the bubble or not. 
we are still gonna plow forward? Are you for real? I didn't have a conscience then, but I have one now, Mike. <laughs> I have one now, Mike. All right, you wanna, you wanna call me? I call me out on my bullshit. I, I, I agree. When this started, I was like, no, they shouldn't be doing the events. When that first event happened, I'm like, I'm gonna watch it. The second yeah. event happened, I'm gonna yeah, watch it. And it just kept going. <laughs> but the point is, that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make what we did okay. We we dug a body, we, <laughs> yeah, we but, killed somebody, but, we, we dug a hole, we put the body away, and we moved on. That doesn't erase what we did in the past, but that doesn't mean I can't be a better person in the future for it. You know something? It would be great if you dug a hole, <laughs> stuck the body in there. But what you've done there, you've dug the hole back up and dug the body out, and you're trying to make the body walk. Uh, <laughs> I mean, fuck out it. Are you being serious? Are you being serious right now? I'm being so serious because I don't oh, listen. Wow. It's because of Tony. It's because of two factors. One, I like Tony Ferguson. I like Tony Ferguson. I know mm. a lot about him. I've been mm -hmm. watching him for years. I also have been he I acknowledge that he's older and he hasn't always made the best of choices too. He has a history of just dumb decisions. <laughs> cutting, cutting weight twice for the same fight <laughs> yeah. camp. Kicking metal poles just to strengthen your calves when other people do other things. Doing just stupid stuff just like, all right, I'm going to throw sand at Justin Gaethje in the middle of a fight. That'll distract him for me to create nope. Like, motherfucker, no. No. <laughs> you need help. We got to give you that help, man. And Kairos, okay, uh, not Kairos, uh, Mike. Mm. I'm, I'm gonna give you a hypothetical. Okay. I'm gonna give you a hypothetical. So, after after Kane Velasquez put a beating on Junior DeSantos in their third fight, you remember how bad their third fight was? It was you remember, like, horrendous. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're telling me you'd be comfortable with Junior DeSantos getting back in the cage, however many months, the same amount of time Tony Ferguson's getting back in the cage after UFC 249. 100 percent oh it's his choice it's uh, his choice he has his faculties that. about him his soul didn't leave his body oh but, but, but neither well, like did anthony his faculties did when and when andy you know that video that and uh when anthony joshua got knocked out by andy ruiz where yeah so left the body <laughs> nah man like obviously a fighter is gonna do what a fighter is gonna do they want they want to get back into the cage as mm -hmm. soon as possible but there has to be a duty of care from the promotion to to a certain extent to say okay we appreciate that you want to get back in there as quickly as possible. Maybe rest another two months or something. Can we just stop with this duty of care bullshit? We are in the midst of a global pandemic, but we are watching fights. We have seen, and I repeat this again, we have seen week in, week out, people test positive for COVID. We have seen people lose a stone in weight. Leon, Shout-outs to you, my brother. I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm wishing that you have a speedy recovery. But we, I have to keep on repeating, are in the midst of one of the most insidious, tenuous pandemics that mankind has ever seen, but we are watching fights. What's the alternative, yeah, no. though, Mike? You, we keep dodging around the fact that, yes, we ha are having these fighters fight during yeah. a pandemic. But the alternative consistent. was they were going to not Is work. Saying. Okay, you're saying be consistent. Mm. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, I read. You know what? I ain't yeah. consistent about nothing. Here's what I got. Okay. Here's what I got. If Jimmy Madden would, if Jimmy, right after, right after he got knocked out for the second time in a row, he was like, you know what? I'm mm. going to take this fight. I'm going to take this fight next week. They need a short notice opponent. I'm coming in right now. And he's talking to you saying that he's going to do these things. Are you going to stay silent and say, you're a grown man, Jimmy. I know we got history, but you, you make your own decisions, man. You know what's best for your career. Dana will do what's best. You'll do what's best. Do your thing. Or are you going to say, Jimmy, sit the fuck down and just cal calm it down? What are you going to do? I need to. I just need to know. In the still of the night, I would be beside myself if I did not say to Jimmy, look, do you remember like you got knocked out in the last fight? You know, the optics on that from your family's point of view, it did not look good. But ultimately, you know what, Jimmy? You're a grown-ass man. Oh, my God. You're 40 and change. Do what you have to do. Represent what you have to represent. But just know this. Jay, I'm not with this. But, brother, Godspeed. Okay. I wish you all the best. Okay. I respect that. And that's all. Mm. That, I just wanted to hear your answer. That. I respect that, and I'm not going to argue with you anymore. You are making sense, and you're being consistent. So I cannot, yeah. I cannot, I cannot refute that. 
Godspeed. Me, personally, I'm going to tell you, if, you if, if I knew Jimmy Manuel and that happened to me, I'd be like, listen, I'll fight you right now if you, if you ever say something like that again. But that's just me. Yeah, man. I... I... Yeah, Karis put you in the spot there, and it was a good. It was, it was a good. It was a, no. It was a good question. It was. A, well, well, thank you. Well, question. I hope I hope I represented well in the retort because ultimately, ultimately, I see exactly what Kairos is, is trying to say. But come on, guys, let us just be consistent. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. All right. R.I.P. Tony. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> about to get finished. Oh no. That's a well. That's a good. Uh, a good segue into picks for the fight and mm. like who who you got for the co-main event the main event and the sleeper fight of the uh, of the card heavyweight fight between jds and cyril gain cyril Gagne is gonna knock him the fuck out that's the first thing it will probably be within the first 40 seconds of the first round he's gonna oh, tap that right. chin and that chin is going to shatter into a million pieces. Just like Cinderella's glass slipper on those iconic steps. His, his chin is going missing. In terms of the lightweight showdown in the co-main, I do see Charles Oliveira wrecking shop. He's going to destroy Tony Ferguson. He's going to demoralize him. He's going to basically make an example out of him. This El Kukui persona, when's the last time we've seen that? Ain't going to be seen on Saturday. <laughs> Now, Figgy for me. El Kukui. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Go on. Come on. The boogeyman. The boogeyman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of. All right. So... When in his last fight, <laughs> boogeyman okay. was hiding behind the be... boogeyman was hiding under the bed. No, uh, no. I get that. I get that. So who did Tony fight before? Uh, was it? No, surely it wasn't Anthony I Pettis. Think it was Pettis, bro. I think it was Pettis. Was it... you tell you telling me boogeyman didn't come out and fight in that fight, Mike? Because boogeyman. No, it was Donald Cerrone. Oh. It was Cerrone. He beat Cerrone handily, but Boogeyman was well and truly there in the Pettis fight. Mm. He walked. I've never seen, like, I, I, I was honored to be cage side for that fight. And I only say this because I've never seen a fight a pressure forward in real life like Tony Ferguson did. Dude, it was, it was almost like demonic. He was like possessed and he just, he gets. His, his cardio, like you know how the the video game bar goes down each uh, each round or whatever for your health or whatever when you're playing fighting games. Tony Ferguson's goes up. His cardio just it just it's it's freaky. So that's the last time the boogeyman was there. And the, in fact, the boogeyman even made fucking Donald Cerrone's eyes swell up. Do you know, you don't remember that shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. But in the last outing. Boogeyman was missing. You know what? It was like Scooby Doo when he'd just been. Um, he he he'd actually got the perpetrator all trussed up and they pull off the mask and it's the village idiot that's who oh. i kind of like pictured oh when my I, when God. I saw. Oh <laughs> who is this my. imposter so you would have got away me. with it if it oh, weren't for these meddling kids I cannot believe you. Uh, if anybody can Photoshop like uh, a photo of Tony Ferguson when the Scooby Doo clan have caught the, the village and put yeah. it on the villain's head, uh, anybody right. that listens to this, I would. That'd be funny as hell. But Mike is doing a disrespect, a disrespect to Tony and a disrespect to Justin Gaethje. Finally, Justin Gaethje, Justin Gaethje put on a career best performance against uh, Tony Ferguson. You've got to give him props for that. Yeah. And no, I, I admit that. I was talking yeah. about the last time we saw Ferguson in there and I, I was I, I was disappointed. I had that built up in my mind is, you know, that was going to be World War Three for me and then what we got was some kind of like pre-war kind of like game of skittles and I was like, what is it that I'm watching here? <laughs> Yo. This, is like, this ain't a war. Playing games here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah, I, I okay as it pertains to that fight no as it pertains to the three fights uh, I'm going Figgy to retain his title hold on hold on I was in the middle of getting to the okay. main event well, Figgy right. definitely dis- is going to retain his title I was going to say yeah. exactly the same thing as you I think it's too much too <laughs> soon for Brandon Moreno as formidable yeah. as he has looked nah Figgy's going to run things he's going to probably give him a, a nice little uh, short back and sides uh, in the first round as well because that's where it's finishing. Yeah. Did you see that uh, that meme of 
all, all the three people figure it is choked out recently and it's like oh that's a nice neck you got there it'd be a shame <laughs> if somebody choked it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that killed me that killed me that me Anyway, on, on you go. I interrupted okay, you. Okay, all right. I'm going for uh, Figueredo. I'm going for uh, for Cyril Gagne to to beat JDS. JD, unless JDS is going to pull out some footwork that he learned on Dancing with the Stars. What? What running? Hey, hey, right, right, right. It worked for Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem reinvented himself, remember? <laughs> like, remember people gave him shit for it, but it worked, didn't it? And yeah. it's, it's worked again. The Although he doesn't, run, he doesn't run as much uh, now, nowadays. Like, uh, I'm trying to think, who was it? Who was, which knockout was it? That, was it the Travis Brown knockout that really, yeah, was that that forced him to reevaluate his, uh, his strategy? But after he got knocked out by Stipe, he didn't really do that so much. And he's actually... He, he stands and trades a bit more. Obviously, the Francis knockout, uh, that his, his head is still orbiting the, the universe nearly, t- <laughs> nearly two years, uh, three years later, sorry, I must say. Or is it two? No, it's three. It's I three years it later. three years. Yeah, he's... Yes, it's three years ago. But anyway, okay, so I'm going with Figgy. I'm going with Cyril. And I'm going with Charles Oliveira. I think Oliveira is striking the... The leaps and bounds that he, and the improvements that he showed in striking against Kevin Lee. Oh, my goodness. It was a sight to behold. Mm. And I just think, I just think that it's, it's going to be too much too soon for Tony. I think he, he, needed, well, he, he needed the cliche uh, you know, comeback fight in, in, in boxing, it, well, if, you, if, if that's a right turn of phrase or whatever. But I think it's too much too soon. And as... And, what Habib Nurmagomedov said after um, when he was asked about the fight might ring true that Tony Ferguson might not be the same fighter ever again. Yeah. Mr. Bodley. Yeah, I'm thinking. Um, you know what? At first, I was gonna I was gonna go out on a limb and say I think JDS can get it. Nah, I'm just I don't think so. I'm just not. I'm not even gonna hype it up. I'm just gonna keep it real. Yeah. No, just no. Um, as for Tony Ferguson, we, that's the end. This is the end for him. We're going to look back at, the, at his career and realize just how dicked around he got as at, with his time in the UFC. With all the times we didn't let him fight Habib, even though they were fighting on the same card. Yeah. All the times yeah. we took away his title. We're going to look back and be like, is Tony Ferguson the most screwed over fighter in UFC history? And he's going to take the cake when he loses this fight. And I don't think it's going to be that competitive after round one. And I do not mm. think we're, we're going to see a Tony Ferguson that we didn't even think existed because I don't think he's going to look that good. As for Figueredo versus Moreno, I think Moreno is going to win over a lot of fans with this fight. I think this is going to be a decision that goes down to the wire and it's like 48, 47, maybe even a judge has like a messed up decision thinking Moreno won. But I think Figueredo is still going <laughs> to win though. But I think that uh, Moreno in the end is going to win because people are going to acknowledge his ability and it's going to be like that situation with Dominic Reyes versus John Jones. It's like, oh my God, what happens with Moreno? It's going to be like that sort of thing. I don't think that Figueredo is going to run yeah. through him though. All right, guys, I did a disservice. I did a disservice. Sorry, Mike. I completely forgot of two other monster fights on this card. Hanato Moikano versus Rafael Fizier. Yes, yes, you read my mind. I was going to do my my also rounds, and and that is going to be nuts. That's going to be an insane fight. Like, Mm. I I mean, Fiziev, he's our boy over here, this this, uh, side of the pond, Mark Diakese, but... Fiziev kind of took him to school. Yeah, he run rings around him. Yeah, I mean, he, he, those yeah. those those matrix dodges were cheeky. Yeah, they man, were the switch they, kick as well that he landed. Yeah, on. man, that was horrible to see because Mark's my boy, and yeah. you, know, you got to give it up to Rafael Fiziev. That, that, that he made a fan of me in that night. He, oh, he, he looked incredible. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. That fight, I, I don't know. It depends on which Hanato Moicano turns up because I mean. Moicano, he got a good win against uh, Demir Hadzovic in his last fight. But prior to that was the two losses, TKR losses to Chang Sung Jung and Jose Aldo. So mm. I don't know. And Fiziev, like, he's, he's a killer. He's a absolute killer. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he gets an odd. In fact, I'm going to go with Fiziev. And then obviously we got... Kevin Holland versus uh, Jacques Array. Yeah. Oh, man, this is a fucking sneaky good card. This is... Uh, a really, really sneaky good card, and I think just because there aren't any, well, the mainstream names on the card, if you, oh, 
if that's a, a right turn of phrase, even for this instance. Obviously, Tony Ferguson's the biggest name in the card. Mm. It's a fucking good card. And yep. yes, I swore, people. Agreed. God damn it. It's an <laughs> unbelievable card. And uh, I can't wait, man. I'm, uh, Kevin Hall and Jack Array, who, like, that, that's an interesting fight. That's a really interesting fight. You know what? I'm going to go with the trailways of Kevin Holland. I'm going with Kevin Holland yeah. too, yeah. There's too much agreement going down now. We, go we TK. All right, let's come, come on, Kairos. He TKO's Jacare. Y'all probably... Ooh. That's where I would draw the line. He TKO's him. Jacare's slow, old, accumulating damage, yeah. flat-footed. Yeah. People always show, oh, look at him knock out Chris Weidman. Did y'all see the first two and a half rounds of that fight? Chris Weidman was mm. touching him. And if Chris Weidman... The all-American wrestler is going to touch you up like that. You better believe Kevin Holland's going to put you down. It's over oh, okay, for Jacques okay. Ray. All right, that's a bit of disrespect for Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman, <laughs> all right, Chris, Chris was very, very, very good in that fight. Very good in that fight. But Jacques Ray made the right adjustments in that fight. He started going to the body. He started ripping him to the body, man. Mm. And so you've got to give him props. But as you say, Karras, I think... <sighs> Father time catches up with everybody, man. Like that's that's the one thing we human beings cannot beat. And I mean, Jacare's lost his last two to Hermanson and uh, Jan Blachowicz. Though those aren't bad losses by by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, there's no shame in them whatsoever. But he he didn't look like he didn't look like himself. He hasn't looked like himself recently. So, I uh, yeah, I'm going with Kevin to get the win, and then. The, you can strap the rocket ship to Kevin, man, because I think he's got star potential. Definitely. Well, it looks like we're done and dusted. Another episode of Shots Fired in the books. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been an honour, as always, uh, chopping it up with you. Uh, G will be back next week. Uh, hopefully won't be so busy. And, uh, man, it's only days away now until we've got an incredible car to look forward to in UFC 256. Enjoy, oh, gentlemen. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Right, right. Thank you. <laughs> 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 <laugh